Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. So welcome back to the Rural Rockstar. I'm your host, Katrina Myers, and I'm joined today by Hayley Dawson from the Rural Naturopath. Naturopath. Hello, Hayley. <laughs> Hello, Katrina. Thank you for having me. I was talking too fast there. It all came out a little bit muddled, but it's so, <laughs> so nice to have you with me today, Hayley. So Hayley and I met, must be two years ago now, like pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, yep. Hayley invited me to speak at an event that she was running down at Dunkelp, which was a fabulous event, all for women and about women's health and, you know, well-being and lots of wonderful things. And so I met Hayley then and, and was introduced to all the wonderful work that she's doing. Hayley is a naturopath, as the name of her business might suggest, and she does a lot of wonderful work in rural areas. Um, I've actually also been on Hayley's podcast. She has a podcast as well, um, also called The Rural Naturopath. Is that right? It is called The Rural Naturopath, isn't the rural, it? The Rural Wellness Podcast. The Rural yeah. Wellness Podcast. Sorry yes. if you searched yes. The Rural Naturopath, it would come up too. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it would. And I think I did say that one wrong one other time as well. So, yeah, The Rural Wellness Podcast. So check that out as well. But uh, yeah, so Hayley and I have known each other for a couple of years and I really wanted to chat to Hayley because I think that we are so aligned in what we're trying to do. Hayley's little blurb on her website says that it's all about um, inspiring and, and supporting women in, and, and, well, everybody probably with their well-being to help everybody to live their best lives, which yeah, you know, is exactly what I'm trying to do as well. So it's really lovely to have Hayley with us today. So what I usually do, Hayley, is get everyone to start by telling us kind of how they ended up living in rural Australia and how they got to this point. Now, obviously, everyone goes, oh, my goodness, that's a big question. Where do I start? But you can start wherever you like on telling us about your cool. journey to living yeah. in rural Australia and where you are now. Awesome. Well, um, I've always lived in southwest Victoria um, and I sort of lived a bit close, like, yeah, lived on a farm, kind of a bit closer to town um through early childhood and then moved to a town called well, I live on the farm uh, on my my I lived on my family's farm um on a, t- a town called Glen Thompson um when I was like maybe eight or ten um and like went through high school and all of the things and then I moved away in after I finished school um, I moved to WA with my partner um, and we spent 12 months over there and that was awesome we lived um, down south near Nwangarup and it was amazing and best year Um, we had so much fun and met some awesome people which we are actually heading back to WA tomorrow to um, to catch up with some friends Um, but I now live like 20 minutes from where I grew up um, on my partner's family farm. So just around the corner, I say. Um, Mum reckons she can get to our house in 15 minutes. But um, it's crazy to think that, yeah, we live kind of just around the corner. Like on the road, obviously, it's a little bit longer. But, you know, we can technically ride our um, motorbikes to my mum and stepdad's via like 
old fire tracks, which is really cool. Um, But, and it's like, I love having my mum around and family and all of that. Not too, like far enough, but not like always there to call upon. And um, I always, um, my mum does um, family daycare in Glen Thompson and I always pop in and see her like once or twice a week just as I'm going through to just say hi. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, so I I do love the community that I live in and um, it's really funny that, yeah, now I just live, grew up here and now I just live around the corner. Oh, my goodness. I love that. Um, And were you high school sweethearts then? Um, so Lockie was my brother's best friend oh. um, and oh so I was in year 12 and Lockie had finished school um, yeah. he's two years older than me um, but yes yes so yeah I love it that's a very lovely story um, and it's yeah, it's often the way actually that we all we we end up back close to yeah. Well, but yeah it's nice when that happens and if it all works well absolutely um, so how did you get into becoming a naturopath then wow um well I was I was enrolled to study ag science at uni I got early entry I had you know my whole life up until I was 17 was like farming agriculture did um like my cert two and three in agriculture while I was at school worked on the farm worked in the sale yards on school holidays like agriculture was just yep that's what I was going to do um And then I, in year 12, I got really sick and we couldn't kind of work out why. And we've been to doctors and um, like they came up with, you know, IBS, which is a common label for, you know, just a lot of different symptoms. You're stressed, you know, you run down, just, you know, Google, literally the doctor said, Google IBS and see what um, nutrition advice it gives you. And I'm like, oh, okay, wow, right. (laughs) And mum and I were like, wow, this is weird. So anyway, we went to a couple of other doctors and um, we did like some hydrogen breath tests and um, did all the tests and try to work out what was wrong. And I also saw a naturopath at the same time who did this hair test on me to see what foods caused inflammation and what didn't. And they came up with very similar results from the doctor and from um, what the naturopath um, came up with. And purely from changing my diet, my whole life changed. Hmm. Purely from eating and fueling my body with the right foods, I felt amazing. Hmm. Um, and it just honestly go like that just it it just changed my life and I was like wow this is amazing and then you know finished school and all of that and then when we moved to Western Australia I was working for um, Landmark which is now Nutrien Um, and it was great and really happy with that job and um, I actually got a transfer back to the Wunnable branch when um, we decided, to, well, I kind of came home a little bit earlier than Lockie just because I was like, oh, it's a great long-term decision. It's a great job, you know, got lots of possibilities in the agricultural field. Let's do it. Um, but, like, all that time there was this, like, burning and, like, underlying feeling of I love health and well-being. Like I gotta do something with that. And um eventually I just it was it wasn't a lovely workplace to to be a part of. And it, I just had to kind of I started off studying by myself and it was like this little secret that I had by my like to be like, I'm studying to be a naturopath and a nutritionist. And I was like, I'm I'm doing it. And it was like honestly like a little secret that I was just doing online in my spare time. 
And then I was, the naturopathy degree is quite full on. There's a lot of science to it and biochemistry. And I was just like, I can't do both. And I was like, no, just resign. So I resigned from my job, which took so much guts. Um, But I resigned from my job and moved back to the farm. And I just was like, I'm going all in. I'm studying naturopathy and um, absolutely loved it. And went to Melbourne to study as well um, because it was just so much easier to do it on campus rather than online. Um, But then I graduated and it's like I live in a rural area. I'm a naturopath. There's not many jobs going. And I was like, I don't really know. What am I going to do? So I decided I'll just start a business. And um, I was probably like 20 one or two at the time and I was like I'm just gonna you know start that'll that'll be fine we'll do that um and for the first 12 months I really like I just you know fumbled my way through and just did it got got shit done basically and when I saw a certain type of person come through my door it would just light me up inside. And it was people from who were on farms, who were farmers or farmers' wives or kids from farms. And I just loved seeing them because I could relate to what they were doing. I could understand um, agriculture and farming practices because of my history and obviously um, in agriculture. And I was like, And I was at a point in my business where I was like, I needed some support. So I got a mentor as well. And she's like, let's go all in. And with some six months of mentoring and um, some, um, a trip to Bali, a retreat to Bali came with the mentoring. I know, amazing. (laughs) And um, it, by the end of that, I was like, no, I'm the rural naturopath now, changed my name, um, restructured my business to really focus on helping those in rural and remote areas with their health. And now my biz, like this is my fourth year in business and um, I now see, I'm going to say 85% of my clients via telehealth through, you know, all over Australia Tasmania I haven't cracked Tasmania yet but every other state in in, um every other state in Australia and New Zealand helping those like who are from farms who live in on remote stations who need support with their health and well-being and it lights me up inside and I always need a conversation about what are you doing on the farm at the moment as well because then it can be relatable because there's it's all well and good to say to someone hey go and eat this, this, and this, or go and um, make all these different meals or do exercise three times a week. But if they're in the middle of um, harvest or seeding, or if they only go to town once a fortnight or even once a month, they can't just go and get whatever I tell them to get. We've got to use what we have and what actually fits into their lifestyle. So I feel that I love to be able to be pushed and, and have that challenge of, what have they got? What are their supplies like? What can we do with what they've got? Because I'm a massive believer, and I'm sure you are too, that we can always start to make small changes, simple changes every day with what we've got first. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be fancy. But, you know, it's as simple as, you know, if you're harvesting, like 
walking around the header a couple of times and then getting back in or um, having a few extra vegetables that you haven't had before on a meal. It's always steps in the right direction. And when we can get you to the supermarket or when we can get you things that are a bit quieter, we've started to build those good habits in those busy times and it's going to be so much easier in those times when it's a little bit more quiet. So I guess that's how it's all come about. Um, but, yeah, I really just love helping those in rural and remote areas because I feel that there's just that lack of support. And if we can, and that's, that's the biggest thing is building that connection and support. So people, like my clients will get a follow-up phone call um, seven to 14 days after their appointment from one of my assistants just to make sure that they understand their treatment plan, they have any questions, they have, um, have they got their supplements, do you need anything else? Because we don't get that otherwise and I feel that we need that to, like, stay motivated and stay on track. So, um, yeah, support and that connection is a really big thing for me and obviously empowerment because, like, every, like I just like everyone can make small steps. Even if you've had a diagnosis of something pretty terrible, we can always make little steps in the right direction. Yes. Could not agree more. It was so fabulous hearing your story. Just on that, I always try to say that too, absolutely. And, in fact, I would say it's it's better and it's the only way to make changes to start small because we all have the, you know, it never works when you have these ambitions about going out and doing like a 45-minute run three times a week. Just It just won't last. You've got yeah. to start small and set yourself up with achievable small wins so you can build up that confidence in yourself to actually be able to do it and change your brain habits and your brain functions and all that sort of stuff. So 100% agree with you. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why your work is so important and is and it's great to hear that you're giving that support to those people who otherwise, you know, wouldn't be able to access it. I know I've I've had an appointment with you. It was awesome. It's great. It's so easy. Yeah. You know, and it's with any mental health thing or well-being thing, the easier we can make it for people, the better. Because otherwise, there's so many excuses that people can have for, oh, well, it's too hard. I can't get to the town yeah. that's an hour away to have that appointment. So I'm just not going to do it. Absolutely. So your service is so, so important. Yeah. I also loved. I wasn't. I want to get more into talking about you know what the num the main reasons that people come to see you are and like what the most common struggles are and periods and gut health. But just to touch on your story, I think it was beautiful to hear. It reminded me of Simone Kane's story, who's George the farmer, and she created her own business at twenty one or twenty or whatever. And just the courage and the bravery from you to just go, okay, well, I'm leaving this kind of societal normal path that I'm meant to be going down and dropping all these expectations of what everyone else thinks I'm doing and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go and be a naturopath and start my yeah. own business like amazing yeah. I know and like it's not often easy being a naturopath in um a country Victoria or country like country towns anyway I have um at the footy club one of um our good friends often always thinks that I just live off tofu <laughs> Um, but often they like, oh, Haley's this witch doctor where I'm like, I'm totally not. Like I like I like science. I like um, basic nutritional advice that's, you know, easy. Like it's not like I'm not going to be like go and pick some nettle from the paddock and brew that up on a, on a stove. Like that's totally not what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, again, just shows how brave it was to go and make that decision and to, you know, take those steps to start your own business at such a young age and it's it's obviously really paying off for you yeah. to be brave and to have the courage to do that and I think it's a lovely example for people to hear about so I wanted to get into so what are some of the 
you know, I think as human beings, we always feel like we're the only ones that are experiencing things. We often feel like, you know, I had this from a client today when I was speaking to them and they're like, oh, I must be the hardest client you've ever had. And I'm like, no, what you're saying is pretty much exactly the normal struggle of most women. So don't worry at all. So what are the, I thought it might be nice to hear what the number one thing that people, for someone who hasn't been to a naturopath before and is struggling with, well, what are the main struggles that people come to you with, do you find? Is there yeah. a common thread? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I definitely deal with a lot of hormonal issues, but I probably put that energy out there a lot too because I do have endometriosis and polycystic ovaries and I, I love digging into those sort of things. But, you know, hormones are so linked to digestive health, mental health, gut um, um adrenal health as well so it's kind of all comes in together but you know and what I'm seeing a lot at the moment is women tired fatigued burnt out exhausted Mm -hmm. and that high mental load as well like a huge mental load um but you know like as I said, they all kind of link. So, you know, gut health is so important for hormonal health. Gut health is so important for energy and mental health. Like it all comes in together um, and it is definitely that holistic view. But often but one thing that I've noticed in the last probably three months, um, definitely not all of Australia is out of the wood with drought and stuff, but a lot of clients um, from New South Wales have um, been booking appointments because they have the time, the money, and they've, they're, they're burnt out and exhausted and they're like, I can't keep going on like this. Um, so it's really interesting that for years and years and years they've been doing the same routine every single day. They've been getting up, eating basic food, getting their kids to school if they've got kids, feeding sheep or cattle all day, home, bed, same routine over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And the huge stress load that has come from the financial um, aspect of buying feed all the time and all of that. So that's been a common thread in the last couple of months is a lot of women who are completely burnt out, exhausted and fatigued mm-hmm. as a result of the drought. Well, and because the drought sort of softened and they've had rain, they've had time to actually like sort of reset and go, whew, GP. Yeah. This is where I'm at. Yeah. And they haven't had that chance. That's really yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And it's really hard to start retraining their habits because they were doing it for so long mm-hmm. to then go in the pathway of, oh, actually, um, it's okay for me to go for a walk by myself. It's okay to cook nourishing food. We don't have to eat the same thing every day because I'm so mm. tired. Like, mm. you know, all of those sort of things, it's 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 really hard for them to start to change those habits and patterns and, and look after themselves and put themselves first because farmers, like, I get really angry at like some like animal activists and stuff sometimes because like farmers care so much for their animals and the welfare of their animals. They often put the welfare of themselves um, last and their animals first. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so it's it's a really hard thing for them now. They're like, oh, gosh, I've got to put myself first. How do I do that? 
Oh, well, that's that's absolutely the most common thing that I see too is women saying, oh, I'm, I'm starting to kind of think about how I can work on myself. I know it's selfish, you know, like in brackets, I know yeah. it's selfish or, oh, I, don't, I like, oh, it's just, which, you know, I mean, I'm so far removed from that. I'm completely other end of the spectrum where it's like all about working on yourself because it's the complete opposite of selfish. But I would yes. say that I completely agree. It, not even for women who've been through extreme drought, but just all women in general oh, absolutely really struggle to prioritise themselves you know it's just again it's this we're accustomed in society to put everyone else's needs before our own yes. and we're selfish if we yeah take any time for ourselves so yes I, I think that I can understand how that is one of the most common things that you see so in then to, to take that further then and talking about hormones and all that kind of stuff I've noticed a lot of your work lately you've been talking a lot about periods yeah um so let's talk about periods because I know that well, that is the thing that every single woman struggles with. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I've really been digging into hormones stuff lately. I don't know why, but I feel like I just get messages all the time being like, oh, I thought this was normal or, you know, I've, or um, I've been reading about the pill and the negative effects of the pill and I want to know some more information about it. And there's a, there's a lot more awareness, but there's also a lot more, um, there's still so much unknown and still so much of I'm not going to talk about it, I don't want to talk about periods, I don't, like it, it just happens, I, I need to deal with it myself. Mm-hmm. Where So like trying to talk about it more and being vocal about it is is something that's really important I've found um, to just keep going with that conversation. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I read The Period Queen, yep. um, which I'm sure you're familiar with, it, I don't know, 12 months ago or more now, and I was just like, oh, gosh, this is every young woman, every teenage girl should read this book. We've got to talk about periods, you know. Yeah. Talking about sex, I find people find talking about sex really awkward still as well. Like they won't talk to their kids about it. I'm like, guys, sex is like 101, the most natural thing we do <laughs> as humans. We, we've got to talk about this stuff. Uh, and periods is the same. Like it's this c- completely natural, only, you know, most natural thing that a woman does and yet we find it so hard to talk about. And we know why. Like, you know, historically yeah. it's been we mustn't talk about it and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you would think that in this generation we'd be further along. Absolutely. So what's your advice to, I mean, obviously you don't want to give a consult in a podcast, but like, you know, what's your sort of bit of advice for someone who might be struggling with their period or their hormones or feeling really out of balance? Like I know a really common thing is to just before your period feel like crap and be really drained and get really grumpy and snappy. Like that's what I have had more awareness of. So what's your advice, you know, to someone, obviously book an appointment with you, number one. But uh, (laughs) So I think like what's really important if you're starting to notice these symptoms occurring one uh, like often like period pain or heavy painful periods or um clotting mood changes um like really excessive things like like honestly when you sh- a healthy period should be only some mild cramping and discomfort there shouldn't be these and, and a little bit of energy like reduced energy it shouldn't be these huge drastic changes from one minute you're fine to the next minute it's a huge change so if you're starting to notice those symptoms honestly the best piece of advice that I think I can give is start tracking them start writing them down if whether it's in an app or notes on your phone or a bit of paper start writing them down because 
often women will go to the doctor and they'll be like, oh, you, you forget what your symptoms are. So if you have that information in front of you, they're more likely to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be absolute, like, the best bit of advice. And even if you're seeing a naturopath or, or someone like a gynecologist or anyone, having those symptoms mapped down makes it so much easier to start to work out what's going on for you. Um, like also know like the pill isn't the only answer. The pill is banned in some countries um, and I, I believe the pill does have um, have its place for certain people and, you know, if some clients are on it then that's cool, it works for them, but we always make sure we're addressing, um, you know, key vitamin minerals vitamins and minerals that are lost from um, being on the pill or um, looking at a probiotic to support um, the gut health because the pill can alter your digestive health. Um, so it's not the end of the world if that works for you, but but read up on the side effects and the symptoms because you need to stop it as soon as you're starting to get those um, symptoms because a lot of women will suffer from poor mental health mm. or serious mood changes and that's not like it's not okay that doctors don't inform you of those changes, like those side effects when he go, here's your script. Mm. There's no conversation about, hey, these are some possible side effects that can occur. Mm. If any of these symptoms happen, you need to come back for an appointment straight away and we'll look at some alternatives. Mm. Like it's just as simple as having those conversations. So bringing awareness to that is really important, I find. Mm. Um So, yeah, knowing that there are are other options, you know, diet and nutrition goes a huge way. Sorting out your gut health goes a huge way as well and supporting those detoxification organs. But um, one thing that I really like um, women to do, and I just don't think we get enough fiber in our diet, but increasing our fiber can be awesome. Like um, probably 80% of the women that I see would have um, high estrogen just because we've got um, uh, like chemicals in our um, skincare or plastic water bottles or, you know, soy is very prevalent, like all those things that can mimic estrogen um, is, is occurring and we often see like higher levels of estrogen in women or those symptoms of estrogen dominance. So um, increasing your fibre and soluble fibre for that matter um, will really help um, create healthy bowel movements but also to bind that extra estrogen and excrete it through the bowels. So things like oats and chia seeds or psyllium husks or, you know, even like a banana or... um, there's so many things that are high in fiber that we just need to increase more in our diet. Um, so we're not just having, you know, um, standard meat and veg and some eggs for breakfast, you know, having those things. And even in a smoothie, like adding those, um, chia seeds or, um, the oats to kind of boost it up as well. Like it's Mm -hmm. really easy to add more in, but we just don't seem to do it. Well, I think it just comes back to education, doesn't it? Like yeah. so, many th- so many dietary things and, like, it just comes back to people just don't know yeah. what they should be having, you know, yeah. and and I think that's, you know, again, where your work is so important. It's also, to me, just normalising, like, you know, normalising that um, there are fluctuations in our periods but also knowing and, ha- like you said, bringing that awareness to knowing what's not normal and what is normal. 
Yes. You know, and understanding our cycles and working with them rather than against them. So, like, you know, understanding that, yes, just before you get your period, you will have this lull period and you'll feel a bit crappy and that's okay. Just go with it. Don't try and, you know, that sort of stuff I think is I've found really great. Um, yeah. Learning from you and learning from the period queen, it just is, it helps to just understand it and not try to not feel like there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you know? And like, and this probably brings on to what else we're going to talk about, but even like, um, so I talk to women often about using your hormones to your advantage. So instead of though, um, beating yourself up about um, feeling tired in the lead up to your period, actually being organized and plan in those times of the month where you're feeling super productive and feeling your best planning automating delegating for when you need a little bit of rest and relaxation um so you're not feeling guilty that it's you just need to lay on the couch for the afternoon and chill out I love that because, and that also comes back to just self-care and prioritizing yourself. It's giving yourself permission to rest when you need to. Like rest is such a huge part of having good well-being that we all struggle with because we're all taught now that we've got to be busy all the time. It's got to be go, go, go. And if you're not busy, then you're not really living, you know. And so, and giving yourself permission to rest when you need to around your cycles and really tuning into that is so crucial. And going back to what you said there about um, I love that idea and you've talked about that before about um, using, you know, using your cycle and working with it in terms of your business and all that. So so what your suggestion was there is to kind of work out, work with your cycle, map it out and then kind of plan yeah. your business stuff around it if, or, and your work if you can. I mean, if it, yeah. to where you can. Yeah, that's a, I love that. So, and even like on those things that that you can't control and that, you know, you may have a really important meeting or you've got to do a podcast interview or run a webinar or something, when you are in that um, winter or autumn phase, when that's kind of in the lead up to your period or on your period, um, doing things that you know will make you feel good. So say like as examples would be for me, like if I've got to do my book work, well, often I'll treat myself, I'll go to a cafe and I'll pair those things where I'll know that, you know, going to a cafe, eating breakfast out and working from there, it's a change of environment and it's a different energy and I can sit down and I can um, smash out my book work in half the time that I would be trying to sit at home to do it, being like, oh, go put this in and that, you know. So filling up um, your cup, if you've got to do those important things, when it doesn't quite fit in perfectly because life doesn't you know you can't it can't be perfect all the time but you know we can still do those things to prepare ourselves when we do have those important meetings or important tasks outside of those optimal ranges oh I love this a lot it reminds me of something you know I was thinking when you were talking there it really is all about yeah valuing ourselves and allowing ourselves to make it easy like this a mentor that I have, Carly Marie, she talks about, she did like a survey thing of all her clients and stuff. And she said that one of the number one things that, or 75% of women were actually making things harder for themselves so they could feel more worthy too. You know, so I think this happens a lot where women are determined to like, it's like, we have to make it hard. We have to make it difficult. We've got to be struggling. We've got to be doing all the things. And it's about actually stepping back and saying, hang on, 
I can make this easier for myself and I'm allowed to make it easy. I'm allowed to work with my feminine and my flow and what I need yeah. to do and giving yourself permission for that. I think so, so important, but also acknowledging that that is the work for a lot yes. of people. It's hard to have to, to bring the awareness to that and then to be able to give yourself permission to do that and to take those steps can be very difficult. Yeah. But and I think... Uh, like yeah. even it comes back to generational things oh, as well. Like I was yeah. only having um, a coffee with a friend earlier in the week and she runs a cafe and she has, I don't know, a couple of days off during the middle of the week but works most weekends. And, um, you know, she might be sitting on the couch during the week or during daylight hours, like even down to daylight hours and, um, you know, those things that were ingrained for her partner's um, dad and, like, even, like, my partner and his dad, like, it's like, well, the sun's out, you got to be working, got to yeah. be out in there. Like, and then if I'm doing, like, something, like, you know, in the on the couch or if I'm, like, not doing work, like, he's like, what's going on? <laughs> just like, well, yeah. I'm allowed to have a break. Like, I work on a Sunday some days. Like, it's like my midweek break. <laughs> yes, yes, but you're right. There's so much complexity around having to justify that especially in rural areas when the work yes. is so different generationally yeah. it's really it's very um uh, what's the word it's like it's breakthrough it's you know it's it's actually transformational it's completely new and you know you're leading when you actually do this stuff which yes. is you know uh, thank you for shining a light on the importance of this for people and giving people permission to yeah. say that this is okay um Absolutely. and to prioritize yourself it's it's yeah it's fabulous um now, I'm conscious of the time for you as well. I know you've got another appointment after this, but the one other thing that I would like us to touch on is gut health. I know that yeah. this is the thing that a lot of people have no concept of or don't understand at all or don't, you know, don't, yeah, don't have an awareness of. And, and can you talk to us about the importance of gut health? Because it's something that I've learned a lot more recently as well. So important. Now, I'm going to, there's a resource on my website under the freebies tab and it's called... Is your tank water really healthy? Or something about tank water. I can't think, like, everything you need to know about tank water. Go and download it because I'm probably 99% of everyone who's listening will be um, on tank water. <laughs> and, um, I've only found out recently that our tank water probably was making me quite sick. And... Um, <laughs> It was, it was amazing, like, once we actually found out and we did the stool testing and we did all the tests for it, like, the changes that I've had and, like, I, I like, hands up and, like, people will be like, oh, why, did, why does a naturopath have antibiotics? Because I needed them and I believe you've got to, like, if you need them, they're there for a reason. Like, you know, I'm not against um, medication from the doctors. It's there for a reason. Um, and I was on, like, three or four different antibiotics for a three-week period and I was the sickest I've ever been. But once I got out of that, like, my endometriosis improved, my energy improved, my mental health improved, like, all of the things improved. So, like, I can't stress enough, if your gut isn't right, then it's going to be linking to all your other symptoms. And I was only just talking to a client before and I said, we're going to work on your inflammation levels because you're in a lot of pain and you've got a lot of inflammation in your body. But we're probably going to do that via the gut because your gut is that, you know, center point. And if that's not right, then everything else isn't going to be right. So we've got to reduce the inflammation in our gut and, and support that for everything else. So, you know, I just, the gut is like, has huge links to mental health and mm. that gut brain access. We talk about our gut being our second brain. Mm. We've got um, the enteric nervous system that links from our 
gut to our brain and if your gut's not right your brain's not going to be right if your brain's not right your gut's not going to be right so it works hand in hand so if anyone is suffering from like anxiety and depression or just high stress and they're they're wondering and they're thinking about their symptoms and like why is my gut playing up that is probably why and working on you know the gut health um as well as that mental health um, will go a long way and will help you get those long-lasting results rather than just a quick fix. So what sort of, is it, is it um, when you, so working on the gut health, is, is the different foods that you need to be eating and so, yeah. so kind of like, like probiotics and stuff like that or what's good for gut yeah. health? This is so, another thing you wouldn't even know probably. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, so gut, like our gut thrives on warm, hearty meals okay so think about um it takes longer to digest raw foods so in winter really think about having a lot of warm foods in summer it's okay to have some raw foods because um our environment is warmer but in winter and i guess you know being from western victoria and it's like six degrees um you know it's important to eat with the seasons um but you know warm rich easy to digest foods is going to be um easier so think about soups and bone broths or stews um slow cooker meals those sort of things um, is going to be really beneficial for nourishing your gut. Even like um, porridge for breakfast. I think I recommend this all the time, like porridge, turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, dollop of, you know, um, Greek yogurt and some berries. That's so anti-inflammatory. It's um, going to fill you up. It's going to also um, reduce inflammation, which is what we want to do from that turmeric and ginger and cinnamon combo. Um so that's a good starting point to start with. But fibre is your friend as well. Fibre is really important because the fibre feeds the good bacteria. So you can um, you can take all the probiotics in the world, but if you're not feeding them and not giving your body the right foods, they're not like you're not creating a healthy environment for them to live and thrive in. So if you can um, be feeding them with their um, fiber and those sort of things, then it, you're not going to need probiotics long term. And sometimes I tell clients to take, you know, probiotics every couple of days because they shouldn't be losing that beneficial bacteria overnight. Mm, okay, cool. So probiotics would be like you don't, you shouldn't necessarily need them if you're eating the right foods. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you know, other things that I use quite often is collagen powder. That can be really great for the digestive system. Um, also slippery elm, although it doesn't taste great, it is a powder um, and it is really good at healing and being really nourishing for the lining of our digestive system. But I think starting there with that nutritional um, foundations, you know, reducing the sugar, reducing the gluten products as much as you can um, and eating, oh, eating real food, basically. I always say like eat how your grandparents and great-grandparents ate. So they ate um, home-cooked meals that they lived off the land, they grew their vegetables, they had their house, like they had a house cow, they had... Um, <laughs> Like they had everything there. Like I know it's not always possible, but even taking those um, principles and like replicating them, whether it's the supermarket or your um, fruit and veg shop or markets or something, is the same sort of thing. So home cooked is is ideal. Just eat real food, jerk. That's yeah. what that's what my, um, Rach Robinson, our exercise 
my yeah. exercise friend. She always talks about that. It's like, it's, yeah, it's not rocket science. Anything processed is probably not ideal. So, yeah, keep no. as much real food as possible. Yeah, yeah, keep it simple. Just eat real food. And I'm always about, like, balance and realistic eating. So mm. just think about balance. It's okay to have, you know, those biscuits here and there. But, you know, don't fuel up on the sugar every day. It's They're there for, like, a treat food. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Don't get upset when you do have them or, or disheartened that you've, put away a week's worth of work when you've had one biscuit. Like enjoy it mm-hmm. and just make your next meal nourishing. Yes, don't get into a shame cycle about it because that's yeah. fall off the wagon completely again. Yes, totally agree. Yeah, that's great advice. Now I know I said that was the last question, but there was one last thing I wanted <laughs> to talk right. about, which is your upcoming course. I see your post yes. today. You're launching an online course, which is an excellent thing to share with our audience who've listened to you today. And I know they're going to want lots more Haley and to just learn heaps more from you. So tell us about your course. So I am launching a Use Your Hormones to Your Advantage six-week program. I honestly just so excited because it's like it's such a tool that women need to know and yes. um, I'm starting off teaching women about it and have had run heaps of webinars and they've been so successful the webinars and had so many people on them I was like let's dig into it deeper let's um, give some one-on-one support as well as that group um, aspect so it's got um, some one-on-one calls with myself but it's also got um, you know um, regular Facebook lives or Zoom calls um, that we go through like the work and learning the stuff. Um, and then, you know, the one-on-ones and that extra time you've got to like implement it, um, which is awesome. So I'm just so, this one's really focused around women, uh, like like not teenagers. I don't want to say older women because it's definitely not older women, but not for teenagers. Like I feel that this information is really important for teenagers and I think something will come for that. But it's for women, um, business owners, mums, whatever. Um, But business owners will get so much out of it. Oh, I'm so excited about it. I love online courses. I live in this space and I'm (laughs) creating my own and I'm just so excited to see that you're running one. And when does that launch like when's the signing up start and all that and when's it launching yeah so you can sign up like now um and it runs until the 17th of may i'm not sure when this is going to go out but yeah it um it yeah will be running until the 17th of may we'll kick off on the 17th of may um with the six weeks great Oh, so exciting. Yeah, that's yeah really, it'll be really yeah. good. Yeah, I think that's fabulous. And I'm I'm so glad that we were able to share about that today. So absolutely. Um this will go out either it will go out before then. So people will have had time to get on and jump on and sign up, which is super no. exciting. Perfect. And you can also find out more about your business at the rural naturopath and get absolutely. appointments with you. And it's super easy and fabulous. So I would highly recommend that you do that if you're yes, yeah, interested at all. So Hayley, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you've got to go to another appointment now and you're a very, you know, scheduled busy lady. So thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. No, not and, at all. Um, I love chatting about it. I was a bit nervous. I haven't done a podcast in a while and I was like, oh, I was wondered how it was going to go. But it sounded good, I think. It flowed and I loved just having a chat with you. It was awesome. Yeah, it did. It was fabulous. I could talk to you all day, but uh, <laughs> wrap it up there. And if you want Absolutely. Hayley, then head over to her website or check out her course. Yes. And her podcast sure. as well. Yeah. For sure. Thanks so much, Hayley. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.